3: Let's roll. This is Sportridge Level 2. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. Sirius XM Channel 159. The quickest 180 minutes in sports talk. Radio Gonzaga have just beaten San Francisco. The Dons. I had the over. We fall short. They get to um, 152. I like the Dons plus the points, uh, but coulda, shoulda, woulda, didn't. It is what it is. 77-75 is the final score. Chris Beard has been fired. Uh, finally, of course, Chris Beard got arrested for assaulting his wife. And um, despite the fact that there were like a lot of marks and it was kind of graphic and stuff, um, she did the old, oh, it never happened deal after because I think she realized, yeah, you know what, I'm about to get fired. <laughs> so that <laughs> was one of those deals. And uh, now, yeah, and now he got fired. And deservedly so, just like Burhalter should get fired. All right? But I don't know. That's the theme of the week this week. Seems like people are arguing if it's okay. Well, you know, you know, she hit him, and you know, and all this type of stuff. And you know where I'm going with that. Um, all right, so a lot of stuff to unpack uh, here this evening, including, including Team Canada. Congratulations to Team Canada. The World uh, Junior Hockey Championships came to a close tonight. Team Canada beat the Czech Republic in overtime. It was not easy. It was not easy. Canada had a two nothing lead, and the Czech Republic actually came back and tied it. Canada stopped trying to score. It was the classic soccer type of deal, right? You're up 2-0. You think it's all good. We talk about it every night on the show. The 2-0 hockey lead's is the worst lead in sport. You bet in-game automatically on the team. It's down 2-0 almost. But you figure, no, not this time. Not Canada, right? Not Canada. Not with Connor Bedard and first-round draft picks. They're up 2 nothing in an entire third period. They didn't try to score. But Canada kept on, like, just dumping the puck in the zone and changing. And, like, they were just sort of skating around trying to kill the clock and figured, well... Let's just try not to give up a goal, and and when you play like that, what happens? Because you stop trying to score, you stop getting aggressive, and then boom, with like seven minutes left, suddenly Czech Republic scores, and then boom, they scored again with like two minutes left or whatever the hell it was. Like it was like, oh my god, now you're going to overtime. But Canada end up uh, winning three two. A lot of negativity around Team Canada and their World Junior Hockey Program, their 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 the national team, because quite frankly, they were a bunch of like scumbags. Right? They were sexually harassing, assaulting women. God knows what they did. They won't even tell us. They spent like twenty or thirty million dollars paying off people, guys in lawsuits, but never told anybody. No, nobody wants to be associated with them. Like all all major sponsors, like not even Tim Hortons wants to be associated with this team. Right? Like nobody, nobody wanted anything to do with them now people are coming around because whatever, man. Connor Bedard didn't have anything to do with it. Connor Bedard, you know, wasn't part of like a gang rape and stuff. So these kids have nothing to do with it. So I think people get them the benefit of the doubt. And plus with time, people move on. But so I, I had a lot of disdain for the program and I still think there's people that got to go, but I'm not going to hold it against the kids who played some great hockey. And um, I tell you what, Czech Republic, that goalie's awesome. He's a free agent too. He's not, he's not signed to anyone. Anyway. He, uh, he plays for Tri-City. There's actually a report the Vancouver Canucks are going to sign him. It's level two. This is SportsRage. I am Gabriel Maranci. The pits, the players, the hustlers, the people, the them, and everybody else in between. We're breaking it down. And you know what? This is supposed to be a sports show, which we talk about gambling and have some fun, crack some jokes. And I don't know. I guess we're having fun. We are cracking some jokes, but... I don't know, man. This is like, um, this is like, I don't know, like science. Bill Nye the science guy or something like that. Honestly, all I can do is read you the NFL statement, okay? But then after, you sort of kick back, and it's so open-ended, everything. It's nothing is like, bam, 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 bam. It's like, well, if this happens, then that could happen. And, well, we'll see what happens, you know, like... There's a lot of sort of there's a lot of moving parts here in which okay, you read it and then you realize, well, does this mean that if they don't play here, then it isn't like there's a lot of stuff. The AFC Championship conference game would be a neutral field if in week 18, Buffalo and Kansas City both win or tie, uh, then a Bill's Chiefs AFC Conference championship game would be on a neutral field if they both made it. If Buffalo and Kansas City both win and the Bengals lose, then the uh, Bills-Chiefs AFC Conference Championship game would be on a neutral field. If Buffalo and KC lose and the Bengals win this weekend, then an AFC Conference game involving the Bills or the Bengals versus the Chiefs would be on a neutral field. So, all right, seems to me that the Bills, Bengals, and Chiefs are playing on a neutral field if they play each other. But that's not locked in because maybe they get eliminated along the way. What about the Baltimore Ravens? Aren't they playing for a division title? The Bengals will win the AFC North because they have a higher winning percentage than the Ravens. Even if the Ravens beat the Bengals in Week 18, the problem is the lack of a Bengals-Bills game being completed would rob the Ravens of a chance to win the AFC North in the case they win the football game. The NFL's proposal in the case that the Ravens win the football game And the teams are set to play in the wild card round. Home field would then be determined by a coin flip. So now we're flipping coins. I gotta tell you, for $68 million a year, I'm expecting better than coming back with a freaking coin flip, bro. This is sports rage.
0: and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire
4: knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
1: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci.
3: The Late Night Anger, man. class, this is Portridge. I am Gabriel Maranciera. Right, we've got Julio Rosero is going to step up and in in a minute. Um, we've got a full house. Mike uh, Petralia is going to step up and in from Cincinnati later. Angelo Zara will to squeeze in some soccer talk. Of course, the circus with the U.S. program continues. Burr Halter says he wants to stay. You can't stay, bro, right? Like, like I don't know, you know, well, you can't. How can you be the coach? Like, think about it. I get it. It was a long time ago he's married and we've all whatever. We've all got scale, you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not ju- judging, but at the same point in time, you can't be the head and the face of the US soccer program when you kicked your wife and beat your wife up. You just can't. You just can't. So what what are you gonna do? You're gonna host a soccer camp for girls and hey girls, nice to meet you, you know, come and, come and learn some soccer with the US men's national team coach. Hope he doesn't kick you. Come on. Like, why does everything take so long for people to just do the damn right thing? Like It's like, it, 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 I'm not saying you're a horrible guy. I'm not even saying ban the guy. I'm not saying you shouldn't coach this or that and stuff, but you can't be the national team coach. Like, you can't. All right? This whole thing is, is an ugly mess. It, it just is. What's not an ugly mess, Connor Bedard, great hockey player. And uh, shout out to everybody in the Windy City. Let's bring in Julio, actually, right now, without further ado. Let's bring in Julio. I want to talk about uh, the Blackhawks and Bedard. And uh, the love that we get in Illinois. Shout out to all the Rachel Holics in Illinois. As I stated, we've got hoodies. They're going fast. Actually, they're starting to. Uh, well, they're, they've been selling nicely, but we still have a nice run. But they are going to sell. They although They will eventually sell out here. But Illinois has been at the forefront of this. Swear to God, man. Like Illinois, Illinois. Like every couple of days, man. Illinois, Illinois, Illinois. So shout out to everybody in Illinois. I know there's a ton of you listening to the show out there. Julio Rosario steps up and in on a segment that we started off as the Windy City Sports Report years ago, but it's really just the DGEN, Degenerate Gambler Report. What's <laughs> going on, Julio? Uh, I would say it, it
5: has uh, morphed into that. I'm doing well. Happy New Year to you, Gabe. Happy New Year to everyone tuning in. And, uh, look, uh, I think Connor Bedard would look quite good in a
3: red Blackhawk sweater. Yeah, he really already looks good in red. Yeah, he already wears red. That's the whole thing, right? Exactly. He already wears red. So just, you know, slide a Blackhawk red jersey on him. But we've talked, just so for the record, Connor Bedard, number one pick in the NHL draft coming up uh, this year. This kid is a phenom. And I know you hear this a lot with people and stuff. And, you know, when is coming, and he's a freaking phenom. And, and Scoot Henderson's a phenom. There's all these phenoms coming. It's true, though. And this Connor Bedard, people... Like, honestly, like, look how good Connor McDavid is, okay? So they call these Connors. Look at, look how good Connor McDavid is on the Edmonton Oilers. So that guy's amazing and stuff. It's like, he's really like one of the greatest players ever to put skates on that guy. Connor Bedard's a better prospect than he was. Sidney Crosby, I covered Sidney Crosby in junior hockey when he was playing with Ramuski. And Connor Bedard is like better than Sidney Crosby was like at this time. And this is where it gets crazy Julio. Connor Bedard, now I'm not going to say that he was better than Wayne Gretzky was at 17, 18. Cuz Wayne is called the great one for for a reason. But what I am going to tell you is Connor Bedard shattered the all-time Canadian points record in the World Junior Championships. Same championships that Wayne played in, same championships that uh, Connor played in, Connor McDavid played in, same championships that Mary Lemieux played in, same championships that Mike Bossy played in, same championships that every great Canadian hockey player has ever played in. Connor McDavid scored more points and goals in less games than any of them, including Wayne Gretzky, bro. Twenty-three points, Julio, in seven games, bro. That's amazing. That's true. He's like next-level phenom. This kid. And what I
5: found fascinating watching him on the, in, in the World Juniors is how humble the guy is. You're saying all oh, this very stuff humble. And you, you would imagine him being the cockiest SOB on the face of the earth, but he's not. Even in the you know, clinching game tonight in overtime, he said, It's not about me. I don't want to talk about myself. I want to talk about my country winning the World Juniors in Halifax.
3: Like, to me, yeah, that how about that? His exact that's- quote when asked after, he said, we aren't talking about me. We just won the biggest tournament in the world. I love this team. I love this country. You know, that, that's a class act kid that gets it right there.
5: Yeah, that's huge, man. Again, it, t- it says a lot about him. It says a lot about his parents. And it's going to be fascinating to see in the second half of the NHL season, Gabe, just how bad teams are going to want to try to get that top draft spot. I mean, the Blackhawks are horrific. If anyone's watched the Blackhawks this season, if anyone's saved the Blackhawks this season, you know. But there are also a lot of bad teams in the rest of the league. So, I'd I'm be praying, be bro,
3: if you're a Blackhawks fan. Like, I'm dead serious. If you guys, if you're in Chicago, you don't know, you're like, oh, how good is this guy? The whole thing is, Julio, the NHL there's it's no guarantee even if you have the worst record there's still a mini lottery you have better chances but it's not like setting like the nhl actually does not like tanking you know why because it's, it's the edmonton oiler rule the oilers were bad bro the oilers got all these number one picks why do you think they have dry connor McDavid? like they have all these number one picks on their leave it's like guys you had three number one picks in five years all right you still suck it's enough like it was one of those deals but I like what what Connor said after he asked, you know, how's it feel to set the all time record for points and goals and whatever, and you're the greatest of all time? He said, no one's going to remember that in 20 years. We're going to look back at the gold medal. We're not going to be looking at stats or anything. We're going to appreciate what we did together. That's what matters. I can tell you. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I know everything about the kid, but just by accident. Like so this isn't all oh, you know, I know everyone in hockey and oh yeah, I'm buddies with the greatest prospect ever. No, it was by accident. Basically I know someone and basically she's like, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and like I'm like, What? <laughs> and so I, I can't get too personal about it, but so I I can tell you the kid like in real life, like I could say, yeah. Oh, you know what, oh, he's actually got a little out of it, whatever, but no, he really doesn't. Like, he really doesn't. He's like a normal kid. He plays, like, Fortnite or whatever. He plays, like, video games. And, you know, he talks to his girlfriend on the phone, and he plays hockey. Like, you know, he's really a grounded kid. And what I like about it, I saw a commercial with him tonight, or just it was a little thing for Hockey Canada. And it was him doing drills, and he was showing people. It was pretty cool. I was thinking, man, he's even showing people already. Like, well, you know what to do? And it was nuts. He goes, yeah, someone showed me this once. And it was him around like the circle. And he goes, it's very awkward. And it's kind of hard to do what he was doing. So basically, he got the puck. He did this spin around. And then he shoots. And he goes, you know, you have the choice whether you can pass the puck or shoot the puck. And he goes, it was tricky at first. But I love what he said. He goes, I love learning new drills that will make me better. Right, and this is already a kid that's amazing, and he's just soaking up anything he can get his hands on that can make him better, Julio. I'm telling you, and you guys in Chicago, come on, man. You've had some really, really special hockey players over the years, man. Yep, All right, yep. uh, you know, Makitas, Esposito's, uh, Tay's, Cane's, and like, I go on, you know. Um, great, great players in Chicago. Michael Jordan, I'm telling yep. you, you got a next superstar if he ends up there. Next superstar, megastar. He he sounds like the perfect Arizona Coyote
5: or uh, Anaheim Duck, knowing Gary (sighs) Bettman, NHL. The poor bastard's going
3: to end up in Columbus, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. He wants to be a Vancouver Canuck. He wants to be a Vancouver Canuck. But he's not like, oh, I'm going to hold out to be a Canuck. But he is a Vancouver Canuck fan, and he is from Vancouver. And a lot of times, just because you're from somewhere doesn't mean you like the team and stuff. But he actually does. Like, um, he actually does. Like, he's basically, he hasn't hidden it. Like, it would be awesome to be a Vancouver Canuck, but he gets it. They're not. The Canucks suck, but not hard enough to be <laughs> the worst. The, people are mad. They're like, you guys are idiots. You should have tanked this year for them. All right, more Julio on the other side. Listen, I thought the Bruins in the Kings game was going to go to overtime. Uh, The Boston Bruins are in their 30th win of the season in 38 games, tying the 1944-45 Montreal Canadiens for the second fastest of 30 wins in NHL history. Oh, my God, say what? All right, sometimes we have good comments in our chat, sometimes we don't. Somebody's saying they should play the NFL games neutral field at Sam Boyd Stadium in Vegas. No, that's not a good idea. Sam Boyd Stadium's like one of the worst stadiums in the world. <laughs> like I was going to say, America, but there's stadiums in El Salvador nicer than Sam Boyd Stadium. Like seriously, I've been to both. <laughs> bad. Like Sam Boyd literally is on a, like it's on like a garbage dump. Like Sam, did. I'm telling you, nothing ever good has happened at Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, I, I speak of, I speak from experience. Um, all right, so we got big card Julio in the house. A lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah, and Marge, Marge Simpson, what's up? Uh, Lucas Rochester, New York, in the house. What's up, Lucas? Um, Rochester, uh, Syracuse. Where are you, Rochester? You're in Rochester, aren't you? He's Rochester, Syracuse. I think he's in Rochester. Um, but pretty good. I do not know where Jake is. I think Jake might be in Atlanta. Maybe. I don't know. I know some people. I don't like, I can't. It's hard with everyone. Um, all right. So Julio's kicking it with us uh, right now. So yeah, Marge just said, oh, honey, the XFL's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, settle down, Marge. She's so negative. The XFL is back, Julio. It's coming back soon, actually. Uh, XFL kickoff. It, uh, growing up
5: uh, in the first incarnation of the XFL, yeah, yeah. I was a huge huge Chicago Enforcers fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, John, a- John Avery was the running back. They weren't
3: necessarily yeah, yeah, a good team. But, hey, I thought... And that was good, out. Julio, the XFL. It was good. The first Listen, the first XFL was Vince McMahon, and it was in the wrestling days, and people were like, oh, this is going to be stupid. He's doing a wrestling league. I maintain, Julio, it wasn't wrestling enough, right? And people, that was the whole thing. You could have really had something going. Right, So, guys, just for the record, if you're younger you didn't know, the first XFL, there was no kickoff. They put the ball at midfield, and it was two dudes would just go for it and fight for it, whoever got the ball. Like, so they put the ball at the 50, and two guys on each team, one guy on each team was on each 40, and they would just go for it, and it would be a battle, and they thought it would be a good idea until someone got seriously injured. Then they realized this is not a good idea. So they, they stopped that. But... Uh, I just thought, like, because they had Jesse Ventura as one of the analysts, and, like, they sort of had a little bit of a feel to it, but I'm dead serious, Julio. I would have had the football, and the football was great with the names, and he hate me, and it was, remember, Tommy Maddox was on Los Angeles. It was good quality football. It was good football. And I'm just saying they should have had, like, going to a break during the football game and stuff. Oh, my God, Stone Cold and Steve Austin all right stone cold steve austin and um and the rock are going in section 316 right you get to the camera you go up there and there's going so wrestling fans would have tuned in a bit more because basically football fans were snobs and wrestling fans were like oh it doesn't really have anything to do with wrestling once i watched it you know it was too vince wanted to have a real league he could have gimmicked it up even more i thought but something to remember guys about the first XFL. And there's a misconception out there that it's failed. The XFL has never failed. It's never failed. The XFL the first year was a freaking success. It was a success, but it was on NBC. And NBC was told by the NFL that, listen, you can't, like NBC had lost the rights to the NFL. That's why they had the XFL. That's why they gave Notre Dame the money and all that. They lost the rights. They didn't have Sunday Night Football. They lost. They didn't have NFL football. And... NBC told them, we're not going to deal with you if you're airing this XFL stuff. So NBC told Vince McMahon, listen, it was good. It's not that it didn't work, but we got to get the NFL. We can't do the NFL if we have the XFL. And Vince just was like, yeah, you know what, fine, okay. And Vince was like, well, I had a deal with NBC, and yeah, whatever, I'm done. And Vince just sort of moved on with his life after. It never failed. And then the second time... Just recently it came back, Julio. It was good football, remember? We were betting on it. I was yeah. going to the games. I was at the last LA uh, New York Guardian game when the pandemic hit. Um, it was good football. Same thing. It didn't fail. The pandemic shut the freaking league down. So it hasn't failed. Now here's the third time the charm with the Rock as an owner. Starts on Saturday, February the 18th. The uh, Vegas Vipers and the Arlington Renegades on ABC the Orlando Guardians and the Houston Roughnecks are in action. The St. Louis Battlehawks and the San Antonio Brahmas. Uh Seattle Sea Dragons and the DC Defenders. You have a favorite team yet, Julio? You're coming in riding somebody? <laughs> Uh, Not yet. I'll I'll give
5: it a week. I'll watch the first week of games and then I'll jump on and see if if I like a particular player or coach. But I agree with everything you had just said there, Gabe. And if you look at NBC now with their NFL package, you'd argue it's one of the best of all the networks, right? You still get the the best games. You can flex late into the season. So, So that goes to show you again how the potential of the XFL in its first year was. To the point where, as you mentioned, the NFL threatened then. NBC got the best package for the NFL several years later.
3: Yeah, yeah. And listen, I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling everyone that the XFL the first time around was the biggest. It really started off with a bang, and then it, it tailed off. But it wasn't like a failure, Julio. You know what I mean? Like, people right, are like, oh, I and agree. Vince lost money and stuff. He lost $2 million. It's nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he started a football wrong. league out of, end of nothing, and in the end, it was like, oh, he lost two million. Yeah, he lost two Like, the league, he lost his TV deal, and it wasn't like, in those days, guys, it wasn't like there was a million networks to go to. Now, it would be like, yeah, whatever, screw you, right? I don't care if you, you know what I mean? Like, Vince would be like, I don't care, I don't need you, right? But, like, then, he was like, ah, oh, the whole point was to be on NBC, because remember, Vince had a good relationship with NBC, because of uh, NBC Saturday Night Main event for years. Right, so he had a good relationship with NBC once, and his guide NBC wasn't there anymore type thing. So he was more just like, ah, it's too much of a headache than it was a failure. And then the last incarnation, it was actually doing well and the pandemic hit. I'm ready for some USFL football as well, but we have NFL football coming up uh, here, Julio. Final week of play. I don't know how you're feeling about the board right now, but let's start off uh, in the Windy City with the Chicago Bears. The Bears, wrapping up with the Vikings. Vikings, seven-and-a-half-point road favorites, Julio. Cheers to everyone who rode the under-season
5: win total for the Bears. Oh, yes, sir. Six-and-a-half. Six-and-a-half was the total. For those of you who rode with me the alt-under-three-and-a-half at three or four to one, this is a big game. I think the Bears lose. Look, they're going for the number one pick in the draft. That, that's clear with Justin Fields not playing and Nate, the great Peterman starting. I'm sure Minnesota may play their guys, their starters for a half, but I, 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 I like when it's posted, Peterman prop to go over his interceptions and uh, this looks like a perfect teaser spot with the Vikings. Uh, it's probably going to be cold in Chicago, but I would say why not tease Minnesota from seven and a half down to Just maybe a pick'em, one and a half, wherever, whatever you decide. But I I don't see the Bears really putting up much points on Sunday.
3: Uh, Yeah, it's a tough game, right? You get a team as you stated. You know, Peterman isn't as bad. I like where you're going. You're picking on Peterman to uh, (laughs) to throw an interception. (laughs) What What are the odds on that? Minus (laughs) two seventy. I don't think
5: they're posted yet. Let's uh, let's. I've got Sandul up right here. Uh, Not posted yet. So. I'd imagine, I would say
3: 150, minus 150, minus 160. No, it'll be higher. I I was kidding. I bet you it's like minus 180 or something. Let me see if I have the – it was crazy. They have player passing touchdowns up. Wait, wait. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, all right. Let's see if that – no, they don't have him. They don't have him. They got Mahomes, 0.5. Stidham is 0.5, minus 225. That's what, like, Peterman will be, like, in that range, Julio. Like, Stidham. Like, Stidham's minus 225 to throw a pick. Joshua Dobbs minus 145 to throw a pick. I'm not so sure he does, actually, Dobbs. They're going to run the ball a lot. Trevor Lawrence is a pick to throw a pick. I'm looking
5: at the total right now, Gabe. Bears-Vikings at 43-and-a-half. I feel for a lot of these games, I I might play the under if it's a lot of these playoff teams that are already in with no real seeding implications going in. I, I, I mean, the market's corrected itself with a lot of low totals. But currently, for this Bears game, I, I'm going to play the under at 43 and a half,
3: uh, minus 115. All right, big card Julio. Kick it with us. Angelo Zara's going to step up and in. All right, Julio, what else are you looking at? Before on the other side, we'll get into some soccer picks.
5: Uh, let's, uh, let's see if I scan the board. Again, this is just a tricky, tricky weekend. Uh, let's go uh, Kansas City. Raiders under 52-and-a-half. Uh, I like the Broncos under as well, under 39-and-a-half, Denver and Los Angeles. And um, let's go... Blah, blah, blah There was an upset that I liked. Uh, lost it on my sheet. Oh, let's go to the Houston Texans. Houston Texans... To win at plus 132 on the money line, I just see the Colts not caring about this game either. Their backs are probably packed. And Houston has played well down the stretch. Uh, I, I, I I could see Houston winning this game and end
3: Indianapolis' miserable season. And we've been focusing so much on the AFC uh, this week with the Buffalo Bill, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the situation. Now we find out the Ravens and and the Bengals, they could flip a coin for, the, for home field. Um, There's a lot of crazy scenarios out there right now. But as far as the NFC is concerned, the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions and they're in the playoffs. The Detroit Lions would get in the playoffs if they beat the Packers. But they need the Rams to beat the Seahawks as well. Meanwhile, the Seahawks will get in if they beat the Rams and the
2: Lions beat the Packers. Bring it.
3: Let it be done. It's, it's soccer played indoors, like in a hockey rink. Sort of soccer hockey. Boy, that's an interesting combination. What are the rules? I don't know, really. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I see. How does your team look? Uh, mostly Venezuelan. Great. Right. <laughs> the late bad anger management class. This is Portrait. I am Gable Maranci. Story that's flown under the radar, and yeah, this is shocking, not. I can't believe, like, people fell for it the first time when it actually happened. I said, this guy will be back for WrestleMania. Vince McMahon. <laughs> so, what? like, what a week? Like, seriously, what a week? Like, Vince, like, did Vince think, all right, now is the time to, like, slide right in, back. <laughs> no one will notice I'm coming back. No one noticed. I mean, we're going to get into this after. I'm just laughing here. I'm seeing this. Former WWE CEO, Vince McMahon, remains the controlling shareholder of the rest of organization. I like that when people said, oh, Vince is gone. He owns the company. What I mean he's gone? What I do mean he's gone? He owns it. <laughs> so, it's because he's on TV, ever. if you're not on Monday Night Raw, ever, it doesn't mean he's gone, right? He owns the damn company. Um, McMahon, 77, retired over the summer following allegations of sexual... I like over the summer, we're <laughs> January now. Uh, sexual misconduct and included non-disclosure agreement payments. Uh, McMahon used personal funds for the NDA payments. He failed to record these expenses with total $19.6 million. Listen, I'm not even calling Vince out, whatever. Who cares who he sleeps with? It's none of our business. Um, But I just find it funny that he's coming back, he quotes, to uh, fully capitalize on the upcoming meteorite negotiations that the company is going into. In other words, I don't think that uh, Triple H and Stephanie are up to the task and I don't trust them to get the most money so step aside all right, let's bring in uh, Angelo Zara right now. Uh, Pickwise.com, Angelo Zara, soccer uh, talk is here. Angelo, you got? You want picks, go over to Pickwise. Uh, Angelo's got them. Angelo Zara, always a pleasure. Angelo, how you doing
7: tonight? Hey, Dave, I'm doing not too bad, and thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure.
3: All right, good stuff, Angelo. We appreciate your time. So, Julio, I'm going to throw it to you here first. Me and Matthias got after last night talking about the USA soccer program and this circus act that's going on here. With so Reina's mother was the one that called the federation, and and you know whatever, dude. We we know the details here. It's it's pretty ugly stuff. Burhalter should be let go, whatever, like just because of the embarrassment of all of this, and it's not a good look for anyone. Like I said last night, so if you're the Reinas, you had no problem knowing that Burhalter, you know, kicked his wife or whatever but didn't say anything, but the only reason you said something 15 years later or whatever is because your son got criticized, which is a pretty weak look on your half. I don't know how you think, number one, that makes you look good, and number two, how that you think that's going to help Gio. And number the other flip side of this is either the U.S. soccer national team, Julio, knew that Boerhalter did this and didn't care, and all along they're acting surprised now, or were just blindsided by their fact that their coach, I don't care how many years ago it was, you can't be the national team coach anymore. We already thought he should go from, 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 his, from his tactical decisions, Julio. You got to yeah. boot this guy like a soccer ball. You should be fired. What's your take on the situation? Well, yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about
5: it, Gabe. It's a, an incredible soap opera. I would lean towards the Federation knowing about this and sweeping it under the rug. And thinking, hey, if, I mean, they probably knew about this for quite a long time, probably never thinking the story would come out. No one looks good, no doubt about it. All parties are look terrible.
3: No, nobody look looks Ber- good.
5: Yeah, Berhalter has to go. It's, it <laughs> I mean, he should have been gone yesterday, but he, there'll be an investigation, a long investigation, yada, yada. And he'll be gone, I think, before the next
3: U.S. friendly, uh, which would be you know, at some point here in the early new year. What a world we're in. Hey, Angela, and who would have thought, Angela, this whole thing, when we're handicapping these matches, and let's be real, the U.S. had a good tournament. Like, I know people are disappointed. I get it. They got to take the next step, and I think they need a new manager to do it. But at the same point in time, they were in tough. They were the only CONCACAF team to advance. You know, they had a decent showing when it was all said and done, actually. Um, you know, the tie with England, the advancement, you know, the they lost all, but all the while, when basically, and no, we're not even getting into the fact, were they or were they not trying to blackmail him and extort him or something? I don't think they were extorting, but the blackmail part, I don't know. What's your take, Sarah? It's crazy when we bet on this stuff, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs>
7: exactly, especially with soccer, there's so many. And yeah, yeah, come out. We don't even know about, but yeah, no, I echo what Julio says. Like, it's just a soap opera, and this I is something you asked.
3: expect from like the Zambian program or something, though. Yeah. Uh, oh no, the the coach, like you know, what I mean,
7: this is USA guys. Come on, man. Yeah, even, like, say even to, like, the Italian program, like, I would expect something like this, but <laughs> just insane, and I guess, like, from a Canadian uh, The
3: Italian program, you guys got de- deals with the Pope and stuff. You <laughs> don't, don't even get started with your program. <laughs>
7: yeah, it's pretty shady. Won't, won't it's a, bodies
3: that. in the Vatican basement uh, due to this Italian <laughs> soccer, I think. Oh, uh, kidding aside, I'm kidding. May Pope Benedict rest in peace, too. <laughs>
7: But yeah, like uh, going forward, I think say for Canada because we got Concacaf uh, Nations League coming up in March. So, like Julio said, I would expect a new coach probably in place in January, February coming up here. You know, I just said
3: so I noticed something here, Julio and Angelo, going to tell you notice the pattern here? What these teams are messed up. Like, look at the U.S. like national gymnastics team. Yeah, just like a total train wreck of corruption, assault, abuse, like, mm-hmm. right? Look at this national program now, right? It's you know what I mean. So like this sleaziness of like people hitting each woman and like blackmail and all. Oh, they're my friend, but you criticize the the player for not hustling, like, just total sleaze. You know, you look at, like, you know, Penn State, Michigan State, how they handled the Larry Nasser stuff, Penn State, how they handle this stuff, although Penn State was better than than, than the Michigan State was. You look at Canada, Canada's national program, soccer team. I mean, the team's walked out like a third-world country before the World Cup because Team Canada, the, they were selling jerseys without, like, getting the rights for the players and, like, just like third world crap, Canada's world junior hockey program that doesn't want a gold medal tonight or a bunch of sleazeballs that like have paid off more suits than Vince McMahon ever has. It's amazing, isn't it? National teams, they're just so corrupt, Julio. It's crazy. Like we think like, mm-hmm. oh, it's in, in third worlds and stuff. No, right off in here, they're corrupt. Right here, us, we're corrupt too.
5: Yeah, it's right in our, our backyard. Money, money, power, and greed makes you do. Uh, incredible, sinful things. As we talk about the passing of uh, Pope Benedict, it's it's quite sad because in the end, it's 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 the young athletes that suffer. I mean, you talked about the U.S. gymnastics; <laughs> those young women suffered. Uh, this, uh, gr- it's just. Yeah, it's terrible times, my friend, all around, and
3: it's. Um, Remember the girl when she had the the look on her face, and they thought, oh, she's just mad because she didn't win the gold medal, and she's jealous or whatever, or she's upset. It's like no, she's sitting there thinking, I got abused for this, right? That's what she was mad about, right? Like I'm just saying, there's so much, you know, just sleaziness with these people. Like you said though, as soon as you get the the job and you're making like a million dollars a year and you're an executive and no one knows what you're really doing, whoever lasts too. Whoever really asks, yeah, where's all the money for the US soccer team going anyways? You know what I mean? Like right. I guarantee you, Julio and Angelo, these the, the executives they ain't staying at Motel 6, bro. Like we're talking five stars all around. You know what I mean? Like that, you know, yeah, like they rack up, like people don't realize this stuff, just how like corrupt everybody actually is, like in these in this these positions of power. Uh and like I said, you just see a you know, the universities are the same thing. They act. They all act like they're above the law, and like we can do whatever we want. And like, it's just sleazy. Like I said, like women like sports too. Like you, know what I mean. So what? Like how? Do, how could you be a woman's sport? How could you be a woman and support the U.S. men's team knowing that their coach beat his wife up? You can't. Like, why don't they see this? Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, it's not being woke either. It's like being common sense. It's like, listen, how the hell does he not resign, Matthias Burhalter? Like, there was this guy, like, seriously, he should resign, Matthias. He should just say, listen, I'm sorry I caused an embarrassment. Best of luck with the program. This is embarrassing that he's hanging on right now. He, and I saw today he says he's staying. He wants to stay. Gabe, you know why? Because he thinks that the players have his back. He thinks
6: that the team right now, you know, not Giovanni Reyna obviously, but he thinks that the team has his back and that team will go farther with him as coach. He believes in in the guys and they just finished the World Cup. You know, he knows that the captain of that team, you know, Tyler Adams loves Burr Halter. That's the way that he feels. He doesn't want to feel like he's abandoning them at the end of the day. As a coach, he just finished this huge journey. Like you said, they tie England. They get to the next round. Sure, that's a little disappointing, but the guys generally have his back, and they've had his back because he's had he's had success as a U.S. national team coach, not in the World Cup. But look what he did. He beat Mexico how many, how many times? He won the Concacaf Nations League. You know, he won the Gold Cup. Yeah, but you sound like you're being pretty nice to him right
3: now. You want you wanted him fired after the him. World Cup?
6: But but I'm just thinking, if I'm in that locker room and and, and I'm the starting goalkeeper for the U.S. I don't want to root the guy out of there. Me as a fan, like me, Matias Berbel. Of course, I don't want him there. I think there's a hundred better managers than he is. But if I'm on that team, I'm not going to root against him.
3: I, Unless I can't, I'm Jovani no, or I Ricardo
6: Pepe. If I'm, Pepe, <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah, that's what I was if talking I'm about great, last night. I hate night. that guy.
3: Well, at least Pepe, whatever Pepe didn't blackmail people. Pepe just Effie went and got drunk. Pepe hung, hung up, up on him, him, went to a strip club <laughs> <laughs> with a Holland jersey on. He said, screw <laughs> you." He put a Holland jersey on, and went and drank and watched the game. <laughs> he was you the guy. Podcast,
6: I, Gabe. He told everybody. He's like, "What happened when the coach told you you're not going?" He's like, "Oh, I hung up on him, and I called my agent, and I called my agent, and I called my dad, and they both thought I was joking and messing around." <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was devastated, Gabe. And yeah, then he went to the bar and made a bet with his dutch friends
3: <laughs> that's good. he hung up on them that's good he what did you i hung up well they said that was that they, they cut me time to cut the call cut it cut the cord shine down cut it all right uh man you and everton uh angelo so let me ask you guys i got a little sidetrack last week how much did, was it an over machine again in the epl as much as uh how did it work out last week with the totals uh angelo
7: it wasn't. It wasn't a nine and one week for sure. It was, I'm just looking now. Some overs did hit.
3: Yeah, it was like four and five type of yeah. thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the juice, it wasn't the, the paradise. Well, listen, this one's two and a half, Julio. So I'll throw it to you first, Angelo. Man U, Everton, Man U were minus two fifty. The total is two and a half, minus one thirty eight. So it's not that pricey. What's your pick on this match?
7: Yeah, I. Actually, parlayed this game with a few games across the weekend here. I so saw I took Man U with uh, Napoli, who are playing on Sunday. They're just coming off a loss. They should rebound. If you parlayed it together, it's usually, it's like a minus one hundred five to plus one hundred range. And sorry, um, oh yeah, and then on Friday we've got a three-team parlay here with PSG, who are playing in a French Cup, Man U, and Benfica in a money line parlay, which is around minus 130-ish range.
3: Julio, what do you got for us? As
5: the uh, FA Cup this weekend, I- I- I'm going both teams to score, no, minus 126. Uh, Everton, they did score against Man you know, uh, Manchester City in the 1-1 draw uh, earlier in the week, which was a good goal to it, but... I give Everton uh, their due. I, I Man United's gonna crush them, but I don't think Everton scores. So give me both you to score.
3: No. Uh, Alright, hang in there. We'll get your best bets. Both of you get your best bets ready on the other side for the two-minute warning. Benfica. This
2: is Fortress. You think you know, plus you don't? You
3: say you will, plus you won't. You think you will? All right, Angelo Zera, pickwise.com. What do you got for us, Angelo? Best bets for the weekend. Could be anything. What do you got
7: for us? We're going to the Serie A this weekend. <laughs> so I like a few games here. I got Juventus on the money line, and Juventus got a clean sheet. It's been seven straight games where Ju- Juventus have won and picked up a clean sheet. So Ooh. I expect them to get that done. And they're playing against a team that's only scoring 0.44 goals per game. Uh, I got Lazio to Empoli. Same game moneyline parlay for Lazio and over one goal or one and a half goals, depending where you're shopping. Lazio ranks fourth in the league uh, with 1.7 goals per game, and Empoli—they can't score at all. They're averaging 0.7 goals per game. And on Sunday, the last game, the matinee, at Milan and Roma. I'm taking Milan on the moneyline minus 120. Milan—they've only lost twice in their last 32 matches, and their seven of their eight home games, they've scored two goals or more. So. As a Roma fan, I know Roma is chokes against these top sides in Italy, so I had to go against my team and take Milan on the money line.
3: Whoa, all right. You know what? There's some serious trends going on in the Italian uh, Serie A here. Um, and I tell you what, Juventus are just minus 134 right now uh, in regulation. Great stuff. I like the, uh, the Italian picks. Uh, Julio, what do you got for us? Uh, English FA Cup. I like Wolves. Wolverhampton, plus 750
5: to beat Liverpool. Liverpool is struggling. Liverpool probably won't care about this FA Cup. They'd rather rest their starters for either the Premier League or gearing up for Champions League. So I like Wolves as the upset special. Barcelona played extra time in the Copa del Rey yesterday. So I'm taking Atletico Madrid on Sunday, plus 210. And in the NFL, Gabe, uh, we will go with uh, the Bears-Vikings under 43.5 as my best bet in the NFL.
3: Wow. All right. That's a lot, I mean, That's I like a lot the Bulls. of different I like, games.
5: I, I, I like the Bulls as well. Joel Embiid out. Bulls are playing better. Moneyline plus 172.
3: Bulls are getting five points right now in Philadelphia. Totals two twenty eight and a half. and a uh, Great job, Angelo. Great stuff as always, Julio. Thanks, guys. Take care. This is Sports Rage. Bring it.